Scripture records that God created everything within six days. But some Christians say those days represent long ages. Was creation completed in six literal days? And does the length of time God used to create really matter? The Creator could have spoken the entire universe into existence in an instant of time. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. The Bible clearly states that God created everything in six literal 24-hour days. Although some people try to mix the truth of Scripture with evolutionary views, God's Word hasn't changed. But why is the time frame of creation important to us? Please take a moment and join us for the next 15 minutes as we discuss God's six-day timetable for creation. ICR geologist Dr. Andrew Snelling says, A popular question that arises about creation is why God used the span of six days to create and then used an additional day to rest. A lot of people are confused about what the days in Genesis really were. Were they literal days? And the question we should ask ourselves really, if we're talking about God the Creator who can do all things, why did God have to take as long as six days? And God has provided that answer for us because when he instructed Moses and gave him the Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter 20, we read in verse 11, the fourth commandment, you'll keep the Sabbath day. Why? Because in six days, I, the Lord God, made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, that is the sun, moon, and stars, because they're in the heavens. Everything was made in six days. I worked for six days, and I rested on the seventh day. Therefore, you'll work for six days and rest on the seventh. Dr. Donald DeYoung is professor of physics at Grace College in Winona Lake, Indiana. He says the seven-day week is a model that the Creator established for us, and therefore it's important that we understand the time frame in which God created. Consider Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, which states that God created all things in six days, whether objects in heaven or on earth. Then God ceased his work and rested on the seventh day, one must realize that the Creator could have spoken the entire universe into existence in an instant of time, at the snap of a finger. After all, God has available infinite energy and ability. On the other hand, He could have spaced the work of creation over trillions of years, with the activity just now beginning. It's clear from the Exodus 20 passage, however, that the work of creation was accomplished over six literal days as a model or example for us. Vision Forum President Doug Phillips agrees and tells of the importance of this model for our work week. The Bible begins by telling us that in six days God created the heavens and the earth and then on the seventh day God rested. But it doesn't end there. Throughout the scripture we see references to six literal 24-hour days. The book of Exodus, for example, and multiple occasions points to the six days of creation as being central to understanding God's program for the entire week. Exodus chapter 20 says, for example, But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and in it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. So here we see that God Almighty, through Moses, is explaining to us that you can only understand the work week that God has created for us if you believe in a six-literal, 24-hour day creation week. And because our work week is patterned after the creation week, 
Imagine what our lives would be like if evolution were true and everything took millions and billions of years to form. Those that would seek to impose millions of years or to somehow translate those six days into huge epochs of time have created a tremendous problem for employers all across the world who somehow might be told that, hey, boss, we deserve a thousand-year work rest because, after all, it was epochs of time that each of these days represented. No, the fact of the matter is, every day was a 24-hour day. Dr. Snelling. And so it was absolutely clear to Moses and the children of Israel what God meant. He didn't say you had to work for millions of years before you got a day off. He said you will work for six ordinary days. And in other words, comparing Scripture with Scripture, God was actually giving a commentary on what he meant back there in Genesis. And the children of Israel were in no doubt. Not only do Bible believers understand the correlation between the creation week and our calendar days, but non-believers and evolutionists see it too. Dr. DeYoung tells us that many years ago, certain countries tried to change the number of days that were in a week. In the past, some political groups have been embarrassed by the calendar. They realized that the calendar is a result and also an illustration of the biblical creation week. Efforts have been made to eliminate this biblical connection with timekeeping. In communist Russia, for example, a revised calendar was established during the 1920s. To increase production in the country, weekends were eliminated. The new week consisted of just five days, with occasional days off. Workers were given colored cards to indicate their schedule of activity. The result was total confusion. People did not know when they should go to work or school or stay home. The five-day week soon was abandoned. Following this, a six-day week was introduced in Russia with similar results. The traditional seven-day week soon returned. But Russia wasn't alone in its endeavor to rid itself of any trace of God. More than a hundred years before Russia's failed experiment, France tried to introduce a new kind of week in its country. A calendar experiment also was tried during the French Revolution. In the 1790s, French authorities decided to remove any religious hint from their calendar. A new decimal week was defined with 10 days. As one might expect, this French Republican calendar was not popular. The week is already long enough without adding three additional days. In less than a decade, France reverted back to the biblically-based seven-day week. The seven-day cycle of days appears to be a basic part of our thinking, of our internal biorhythms. In fact, the seven-day week may be the optimum time interval for our physical and mental well-being. Tampering with the seven-day week causes discomfort and confusion. One need go no further than the calendar on the wall to find evidence for the Genesis week of creation with its literal days. It's vitally important that we know the time frame in which God created the universe and everything in it. So important that God not only wrote about the six-day creation on tablets of stone that he gave to Moses, but he also spoke of it in the New Testament as well. Doug Phillips. The Lord Jesus Christ himself points to the six days of creation, and he points to them in numerous passages and in numerous ways. One of the ways he points to it is when he refers to the importance of the marriage covenant. 
he talks about the fact that God brought man and woman together and that no man should put asunder the relationship of man and wife for as it was in the beginning, God brought them together, the Lord Jesus reminds us, pointing us right back to the six days of creation and in fact, the very sixth day in which God made Adam and Eve and he brought them together in marriage. Note that the Lord presupposes that we understand it was a literal day, it was a literal Adam, it was a literal Eve. This is central to understanding the doctrine of marriage. And Dr. Snelling says that we must believe everything that Jesus told us, or nothing at all. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If Jesus told us a lie about Genesis, then we can't trust anything else he said. He's not the truth, and he's not the creator. And Jesus said from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female, man and woman. Not after billions of years of evolution. So I get very upset about Christians who want to argue that those days were anything other than ordinary days because the language of the scriptures doesn't allow it, nor does Jesus Christ himself allow it. And therefore, it's sheer arrogance to tell God, the creator of the universe, that he couldn't accurately communicate to us what he meant. Six literal days. Dr. Snelling also points out that God is the only one that can tell us the true account of creation, since he was the only one there when it happened. And that's the trouble with a lot of Christians. They don't trust God's eyewitness account. And the tragedy is they've lost sight of who God is. He's the one who made everything, who put the stars out there, who created this awesome universe. What happened when Isaiah had an image of God in the temple? Woe is me! He just was humbled. And how arrogant for us to say, God, you don't know what you meant when you wrote Genesis chapter 1. I mean, what arrogance. The ones he has created, telling the creator, he doesn't know what he's talking about. When he's told us what happened, he hasn't deceived us. Yes, the earth might look old, but God isn't deceiving us because he told us exactly what happened. And so we should be in no doubt. He's the one who knows everything. We don't. But why have so many Christians, in their search for answers about earth history, turned from a literal understanding of scripture to the secular scientific community? It wasn't until the geologists started talking about millions of years that Christians became intimidated by the so-called evidence for an old earth that they therefore said, okay, we're going to have to reinterpret the Bible, or maybe the days don't mean what they do mean. But what they forget is that when God spoke, for example, fruit trees into existence, he created them already with fruit on them. He didn't plant seeds and wait for them to grow and produce fruit. It says he spoke and instantly there were trees with fruit on them. Why? Because Adam and Eve needed to have food to eat. Doug Phillips reminds us that influences we have in our daily lives and everything we read in the Bible rests upon the foundation of the six-day creation. So whether we're talking about the work week, whether we're talking about marriage, whether we're talking ultimately even about the meaning of the blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can't understand these principles properly that are referenced throughout the New Testament unless we go right back to the six days of creation. People that seek to somehow morph or transform those six days into long epochs of time 
ultimately do damage not only with biblical hermeneutics, not only with a normative, historical, grammatical approach to reading the Bible, but they necessarily have to pervert the theology of Scripture by somehow twisting it to get biblical teaching to fit into evolutionary dogmatism. And so I think we're always on safe ground when we take the words of Jesus Christ as they were intended to mean, and in this case, there's no question the six days mean six days, and we see that Genesis to Revelation. And Dr. Snelling explains that the very God who created the world and everything else in just six literal days is also the Savior of the world. He's offered a way of salvation through Jesus Christ, the Creator himself. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should turn to him. And so it is our burden that people, because of this evidence and because of what he's told us in his word, that people take him seriously and accept the offer that he's made through Jesus Christ of salvation. And we'd urge you that today, right now as you listen to this broadcast, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't know God the Creator, then now's the time to turn to him and to ask for his forgiveness and for his salvation so that we can stand before him accepted as his children because we've acknowledged him and bowed and worshipped him. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.